I'm guessing, I'm guessing that people listening to this podcast are now going to start seeing it pop up when they visit websites or use apps. They're going to start questioning, wait a minute, is this privacy component um, because they're prioritizing their need for revenue and protecting their revenue? Or are they prioritizing my experience? And that's really going to go a long way in helping answer that question. Of Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Remember, um, what did they call it back in the day that Demystified had this program where, uh, was it called Analysis Exchange? Is, is that what the mentor mentee? Yeah, yeah. Yes, Analysis Exchange. Um, so I stumbled across this program. It's, it's, it's different. It's not like a mentor thing, but it's a similar thing where it's it's based on nonprofits and kind of for good companies um that patagonia is running Mm -hmm. where they're they're bringing together experts in certain fields and nonprofit companies um that are looking for help so it could be design it could be you know website development it could be email marketing campaigns and these companies put up kind of a pitch on um, this Patagonia site where they talk about, Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's why it's important to us. Here's what we're looking to do. Um, are you an expert in this space that, that would be willing to partner with us to, to help us mm-hmm. solve this problem? So anyway, I found, um, I found one that is looking to do a, a, a fairly basic Google analytics setup on their site and they're looking for someone to partner with. So I'm going to talk with them here in an hour. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, one, just to kind of see how this whole system works through Patagonia. Um, And two, if it may be like a cool way in which we can kind of volunteer our time and give back. Uh, Because, you know, that's something that that we're kind of all uniquely passionate about. Um, And we have a lot of obvious value that we can add in the space. So anyway, there's just a a cool little thing that I came across. Nice, nice. Let me know how that goes. I'm curious. Yeah, definitely. We'll let you know how that goes. Um, and uh, I think that's what I got going on now. What about you? Ah, just kind of like in a lull with things right now. So I'm trying to do a lot of planning. The year is is flying by. So I uh, saw like one of my best friends over the weekend. And like I've seen him only a couple times this year just with everything going on. And I was like, honestly... Uh, from the end of March up until about two weeks ago, everything is a blur, mm. like absolute total blur. Um, it just, it, it just went by really, really fast. So i um, trying to use the time right now to, to plan and organize uh, what I'd like to see us do over the next five months as we get close to, to closing out the year. Um, and, and, you know, when I get to, to, 
toward the end of end of the year, I try to look toward like how can we start off strong the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. So that, that's where I'm kind of at at the moment, taking a step back and trying to plan and organize. It's a good thing to do. Um, it's the it's the sharpening the saw, right? It's the yeah. I was, and I've been thinking about that a lot as well. I tweeted about something similar. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sadie, so you're, you're you're giving me my perfect intro for today's uh, topic. Um, it's it's you know it's it's something um, that oh, you gotta stop, girl. Hey, it's what makes this conversation real, right? I guess. Um, you know, it's something that I, I don't know where we, we've gotten this belief from, but we have this mentality, at least I do, um, that if we aren't actively involved in creating something tangible, that we're not creating value and we're not doing work. And I think that goes to speak to the sharpening the saw thing. It's like, well, no, I got to be cutting down the tree. I got to be doing the work. It's like, well, sharpening the saw is part of doing the work. You know, taking a step back and thinking and organizing and planning is part of doing the work. Yet we 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 we've we've got this belief that it's not, and we see it in. And I this is a completely way too early tangent, but we see this in so many companies when it comes to taking the time to do proper design and documentation. It's like, oh no, no we don't have time for that. We just got to get the 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 code into our tag manager and collecting data. I'm like. But that is the work, you know, thinking about the right way to do it, documenting it, making sure we're building this in a sustainable way is the work that is part of doing the work. So what do you mean we don't have time to do the work? And, and so, you know, I don't know, we, uh, I think we need to get over that because it's, it's been proven far too many times that sharpening the saw makes the work so much better. <laughs> you know, we can, we can sit there and hack at the tree with a dull axe all we want, but you know, unfortunately, it's what gets rewarded, though, right? Yeah. Um, we may have talked about this on a previous podcast, but I remember this conversation from in my, my very first job out of college um, when uh, I was I was talking with a, a manager about why I wasn't getting promoted or raises as much as the other people on the team. He said, well, it doesn't look like you're working. I'm like, what does that mean? It's like, well, take, you know, John over there. Um, like he's always like running around. He's here late. He's, it's like, he's got a lot going on. He's really hustling hard. I'm like, so it looks like he's working hard. I'm like, yeah, but he's not creating any, he's not actually producing anything. I know, but it looks like he is. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. So anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm going to mute now to mute out the dog. Yeah, I was talking with somebody else internally today, and we were just reviewing um, some stuff that's um, a presentation being put together for, for a client. And it's, it's on all how you present it. And one of the things we were talking about was, is he was completely right with what he had listed out. But I was like, but what's ultimately the value for the client? So we do this. So we check this item off the list. What does it actually mean? Are we saying we just need to do this to do this? Or are we saying it's important to focus on this because mm -hmm. and trying to, to give that perspective? I think you're even setting up another um, transition to the topic because I think that pivots as well to what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, actually, both of them, both that um, and, and Sadie and the going dog. nuts. 
Um, so what I was thinking with the transitions, let's let, let's go ahead and let's just jump right into into the the topic. So I want to continue our um, our conversation around online slash digital privacy, um, and you know, obviously, like we've mentioned it the last couple of weeks, it's been part of our intro. This has become a major conversation. Everybody's talking about it. All of the major um, platform device um, technology providers, all of them are talking about your privacy. So where I was thinking of this when, when Sadie went nuts earlier is, you know, she's seeing what she perceives to be a threat and right. yelling and screaming and letting the entire house know about it but you know like if it were truly a threat would she actually do anything about it or just just right. make a lot of noise right. so where i was going with this is is the what i the question i want to dig into today is is do these companies that are putting privacy out there as part of their sales pitch their product feature list uh all about do they really care about your privacy or is it all just theater to to make you think they do i don't think anyone cares about anyone else's privacy other than individuals caring about their own privacy um yeah i mean so definitely a lot of it is is theater um and we've learned that from a long time ago if i turn down i gotta hold on i gotta mute my uh notifications here Okay. Um, but we, we learned a long time ago that, that companies do this because why it, it enables future profits, right? Um, if you think back to optimizing the checkout funnel, do you know what, what was trendy like eight years, eight, 10 years ago to add to your checkout funnel? Oh, uh, what was it? I can't uh, remember. I can't remember yeah. the exact stickers, but there were these stickers that it was like, oh, we're, you know, we're trusted. We have this secure checkout. Um, oh, like the verified by Visa and the yeah, MasterCard yeah. pay and all mm -hmm. those. Yeah. Um, right. And, and, and some of, and sure, there were probably some behind the scenes things that, that happened. Um but a lot of that, those stickers and the badging, uh, was was kind of theater, right? It's like it makes it makes the consumer feel better, and I think that's the case in a lot of the a lot of what we're seeing from a, a privacy standpoint is that, well, if we have to do this, <laughs> um, let's use it as an opportunity to make the consumer feel better so that they'll buy more stuff, so that they won't bail on our on our purchase. Um, the reality is, and we talked about this last time, dude, it, it is so incredibly difficult. I don't know how even the biggest companies can keep up with all of the different regulation to be compliant. Um, so a lot of it really is just really the theater of putting up a sign saying, Hey, we care about your privacy, but on the back end, we see it. I mean, we have the chance to see it in a lot of different aspects I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't. The reality is, is they don't have, they don't, well, they do, but they don't have the investment in budget and people to actually make it happen. And, and again, it's, 
if we just looked at GDPR, it's incredibly complicated, but you bring in now as the United States, individual states are coming up with their own regulations. How can anyone that's not a multi-million dollar business keep up with this regulation and have a website that's fully compliant? Yeah. Um, and, and like one of the reasons, one of the things that spurred this, this, this question on with me has been a lot of Apple's recent marketing, you know, marketing materials and, 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 uh, the way they're pushing a lot of their products. Um, like recently at their big developer expo, they were talking about like, you know, some of the hardware advancements they've been able to make is, is certain requests you make on the phone, stay local to, to the device instead of going out, leaving the device. And then the, the response coming, coming back. And, you know, it made me think like, okay, that that's great, but does it still really secure my privacy? And, and honestly, I don't know, like, this is going to be another meandering one where I think I ask more questions than, than provide answers. But a lot of this, this conversation is like food for thought, like where, where, where is there a level of privacy protection versus, um, versus actually caring about the, 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 the person's, the person's privacy? Because I think at this point, you know, when you talk about experience with a product, if, if you, if you're using a product and you, oh God, like, I'm trying to say like three things at once and it is all coming out jumbled together. Um, and, and, and you don't realize you know, how much of that information it may be shared. It may be, um, used to 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 fund the product and god i'm i'm a rambling idiot at the moment um i mean th that that could be th that could dampen you know your, your feelings about it and so let, let me try to really bring this back around so we've talked a lot about recently on, on on the show the idea of like for some reason we've gotten the idea that everything on the internet should be free content applications software, music, movies, all of that. We've gotten this idea that everything should be free. Um, and that has, has kind of fueled this need to collect a lot of information, share it, sell it, or whatever to generate the revenue to, to actually create those items. Does that make sense? Or am I just a, an idiot today? No, <laughs> no. I mean it's um, it's a it's a complicated topic, and um, I, I think it makes sense. And and, and uh, let's actually step back a little bit and talk about maybe the different segments because we're we're saying I, I think we're making some broad strokes as far as you know. Do people really care about your privacy or is it theater? I think maybe it's important to create some segments of, of audiences that we're, we're talking about when it comes to this. So, um, and, and I'd be interested and I'll pose my question back to you. Does your, does your thought stay the same or change if you look at it? Oh man, she is driving me nuts. <laughs> does your, does your thought change or stay the same if we segment the audiences? So, I'm going to put her in my son's room, but before I do, I'm going to give you maybe some segments to think about and think about if it changes how you think about 
where where their their thoughts may be on the topic. So I, I see a few key audiences. Number one would be just online businesses in general. Um, so you know, I go shopping at target on target.com. I think that's one audience. Um, another audience would be um vendors. So I'm I'm a Martech vendor, maybe I'm a Google Analytics or an Adobe Analytics. Um a third segment would be um a vendor that's specifically in the privacy space. So I've now, you know, now we've spun up vendors that handle privacy. Um, and then the fourth, and this is probably where the biggest part of the conversation would be, would be those companies that have the ability to impact the landscape from whether it's an ad buy perspective, whether it's how technology works. So we're really talking about companies like Facebook, Apple, Google. Um, so if you, if you break down the conversation into those different segments, does it change kind of your view on how they think about privacy and is it theater or their, their other ulterior motives or do they really, do do companies actually do really care about your privacy? Um, let's start with the last one first, because I'm, I'm going to say no. You know, when you were talking about like those that could change the landscape, Google, Twitter, Facebook. Apple, I'm going to probably say no, because what, what are they actually trying to do? And I don't want to kill our topic for next week because we're going to wrap up this, this, this theme next week. Um, but what are we seeing with a lot of them out there? They're trying to build walled gardens. And I think they're using the idea of, of privacy and security and, and whatnot as as the flag they're waving as they're coming in but unbeknownst to you it's 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 to create a a walled garden um because you know we can't share that information unless you have these five things within the suite then we can make sure but if you're using another email platform or another retargeting platform or something like that. Uh, no, we can't share all the information with them that we could if you used our version of it. So I think for them, it's 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 total theater. It is a total marketing pitch with an ulterior motive. Um, just because I mean we've seen this consolidation happening in the space for ten years now. So I think you're seeing now this move that you got to buy our entire stack. So no, I don't. I don't think they care. I think it is. It's it's all what what they need. Uh, the third one, um, you know, I think you were talking about like you know individual say marketing technology companies. I think to a degree, they 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 care. Um, but again, I think it is if they can get a leg up on the competition. You know, I, I think you know as long as it's maybe not an egregious violation of privacy or not a violation of say any kind of letter of any kind of law out there. No, I, I don't think they, they, they care much either. Um, you know, you mentioned like the online businesses. Um, yeah, I think overall businesses do care. Um, 
you know, about it. Again, depending upon what kind of service. Do they, do they care about it or do they care about not getting fined? A little from column A, a little from column B, because <laughs> okay, it's, uh, honestly, like, I think like you just can't say online businesses because you've got everything from say like the, the, the local farmer, you know, he's got, you know, and when I say local farmer, like maybe it's a, you know, he sells some of his products online or whatnot. Uh, we have some of those in, in this area. Um, I mean, I think he cares because he just wants to build up a customer base. Doesn't want to ruin his reputation. If you're looking like the larger ones out there, um, large retailers, yeah, they just don't want to get caught. So I think that there's there, there's some some nuance to to that question. So yeah, there's a level of, we don't want to get caught. But the problem is, is those companies, some of those companies are way too big and bureaucratic, where it's you know it, it, it's hard to maybe maintain uh, consumer privacy. Uh, but then it also too is the one yeah. thing is is, and we mentioned this last week with Jen. And Jen's going to be coming back and joining us next week as we wrap up this topic. It's what people knowingly opt into. You know, if you don't realize at this point, the point of having a loyalty card is that they want to collect and see purchase patterns from you and see what they what that data at, at an aggregate level tells them. Then I don't know what to tell you. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it's quite obvious that's what what they're doing. Um and so just understanding the terms of condition, terms and conditions to what you're opting into. So whether you're using that loyalty card in store, online, combination of both, like you do give up a level of, of privacy. And I guess maybe that's why, again, we're talking privacy in a very generic term here. Um, you know, like, again, like if it's a matter of, yes, collect my browsing data, collect my purchase data, keep that in house so that you can make better recommendations to me, you know, that that's fine. My, my concerns come with like, when are you sending that data out of the house and how much of that can be pointed to me directly? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and again, it's such a big conversation and it's hard to break up. And I, I hate that I'm so skeptical. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I look at, I look at businesses with such a negative lens that it's just, I'm, I'm skeptical when I see the messaging and that we care about privacy and compliance. And to me, my mind instantly goes to, no, you don't, you, you care about revenue and you care about how this impacts your ability to, to, to collect more revenue. Um, I do think there are a handful of companies out there that, that truly do care and it's not theater and they, they very much are interested in, in privacy. And the more I've thought about it, and this is something that we're, we've, we've been talking a lot about internally and continue to, to talk about, uh, in fact, it's in, in direct alignment with your new position and role at 33 sticks is that, the companies that really do care about it, I think it's less about taking a stand on privacy or any one issue, but it's 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 companies that have prioritized customer experience over revenue. And it's it's those companies that again, it's not just privacy, that's just one component, but it's the lens that they use to look at it. And because privacy has such a huge impact on the customer's experience that they they look at it first from a 
what is important for creating a really great experience for our customers and let's put in some kind of compliance, some kind of flow to make sure that our customers are having good experiences. I think those companies truly do care about their customers' privacy. And again, it's not that they're, you know, hardcore into privacy. It's just that it's something that very much um, impacts the experience that they're having with their brand. And so they take that into to consideration. Um, and so from that perspective, I do think there are companies where this is absolutely not theater. You know, it's part of a very deliberate approach to designing good experiences for their customers. For, for everyone else, for companies that put their need for profits over the need for their customers to have great experiences, I think it's absolutely a combination of theater and um, doing what I need to do to be compliant so that I don't get fined because fines is going to take away from my revenue, my profits. And what I just thought of too is, is when it comes to that too, it's when do they start bending the rules? Where, you know, because one of the things we talked about, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, when you look at all of these privacy regulations, they are so massive, so ambiguous at times that there could be multiple interpretations of certain points within these these regulations. So if you're putting money over just the general experience or money over, you know, it, it, you know, experience, including the privacy aspect of it, you're going to bend the rules. And you're going to say, well, this is not, you know, we don't necessarily have to follow it this way because we can, we can shift things here. We can think of it this way or that way. Um, and it, if, if it impacts revenue. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, and I want to be clear here that, you know, I, I haven't in the past had a good way of articulating my thoughts on this subject. And when I've talked about it, I've often been labeled and I've, I've kind of adopted it now as being a hippie CEO, as, you know, trying to run a nonprofit or just a do good company. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm as interested as anyone else in generating profits and, and, and maximizing revenue. Um, it, it's not that I'm trying to create something where I'm advocating where that is not important. It, it is when, if, if you're building a business, if you're running a business, building <laughs> revenue, maximizing, uh, maximizing your, your income is, is why you're in business. It, but it comes down to where you put your priorities and, and, it, and to me, and maybe I'm oversimplifying this. It, it comes down to a simple conversation. I always ask myself, are we prioritizing our need for revenue over our customer's need for a good experience? Or are we prioritizing our customer's need for a good experience over revenue? The crazy thing is, and it shouldn't be crazy, is that every time you choose the second option, prioritizing experience over revenue, the revenue shows up. And in fact, it often shows up in very maximized amounts. And so again, we're not talking about not creating revenue and not making money. We're talking about the order in which you prioritize things. And it may seem like a simple word game, but it's not. It fundamentally changes how you view and make business decisions and run a business. And to your point, if I choose to maximize our need for revenue over experience, it makes it really easy to start going down a slippery slope. 
because we can start making decisions. Um, and, you know, we're talking about privacy here, but it really could be in, in, around anything um, that impact our ability to maximize revenue, but negatively impact the user experience. And we're, 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 it's easy for us to justify that. Well, how many times have we seen a company um, over, over a period of, of years and decades build up a reputation of having a quality experience, that it's money worth spent, and then they get comfortable because they've built up a loyal, loyal customer base, loyal, you know, uh, fan base, uh, whatnot. And so they start to coast and they start to cut corners thinking, Hey, the money's always going to be there, or let's eke out just a little bit more. And yeah. I mean, you know, what happens there, you know, they, 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 they start to hollow out the experience and then all of a sudden one day it just implodes. Yeah, and I think there's lots of reasons why that happens, but yeah, complacency, cockiness, um, maybe we're maybe we're getting pressure from shareholders, Wall Street. I, there's lots of reasons why that happens, but it's it's unfortunate, and as consumers, it hurts, especially if we're loyal to that brand. Um, you know, it it hurts to feel like. I finally found a brand that has prioritized experience over revenue and you're all in on it. And then something changes and you're like, no, right. Like we all, we've all had that experience. Yep. Um, I I'm sure with big brands, but even small brands, you know, I've, and, and maybe even small brands more so because when you're small, you, you really have to almost compete on experience and then you get a little taste of success. And you're like, ah, you know, I, for me, it's restaurants, you know, you see restaurants and I've lost track of how many really good ma and pa restaurants have spun up in the area. And it's like, they care They're They are 100% prioritizing the need for good experience over their need for revenue. This, the, the crazy thing is, is that it works, right? And yep. they get the revenue, they get the success and like, aha, light bulb. What's we want more of this. And so, you know, at some point in time, that greed and that need for revenue then usurps and flips and says, okay, we're now going to prioritize our need for revenue over the need for experience. And now our favorite restaurant that was such a great experience and the quality was great and we love going there. It's like, I'm so sad. This is average and boring and sucks now. And... You know, again, I think we can see it uh, across the board and we're, we're kind of talking in more general terms now, but, but, you know, privacy is a, is a huge component of that. And I think, um, what is it? The, the Bader-Meinhof effect where you hear something and then you go see it everywhere. I'm guessing, yep. I'm guessing that people listening to this podcast are now going to start seeing it pop up when they visit websites or use apps they're going to start questioning, wait a minute, is this privacy component um, because they're prioritizing their need for revenue and protecting their revenue, or are they prioritizing my experience? And that's really going to go a long way in helping answer that question of, is this theater or is there something meaningful? I've left you stumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Because I knew this one, I if there was any one out of these these four episodes on this this subject that i knew would kind of be a 
no, they don't care. Or <laughs> like, you know, they, a, a quicker answer to the question. I knew it was going, going to be, to be this one. Yeah. And again, I don't think we need to overcomplicate it or stretch it out to be something that it's, it's not, a, that's kind of what, what it is. Right. And I think, um, we can delve into some other areas, but I want to make sure we don't bite too much into the topic that you have um, queued up for next week. And hold on. Hard managing the household. I just saw my like six year old go sprinting down the street. So who knows where he's running off to? <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's we we don't necessarily need to 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 over uh, talk through it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess I mean we we did hit on a couple good topics here, and I liked how you folded in the experience piece to it because you, you bring up a good point is if you care about the experience, you'll take your customer's privacy seriously. And it may not be something the customer recognizes until it's too late. Uh, Because I'll I'll leave you with this. Like, you know, how many times have we heard of companies in recent years where there's a, just a massive, massive breach of of payment method data, you know, address data. And, when they actually look into it, it was because the software was just slightly out of date. They had, or the, the, there was, you know, a, a major breach, but, you know, anybody who knows how to work with that kind of software was like, yeah, of course you don't set it up that way. You know, you're, you're leaving yourself wide open. So the attention to detail wasn't there. So yeah, customers. Yeah. And, and you, you, you've made me think of something because we've, we've really been focused on the front end of things, right? We've been focused on the, the, the website and the, the kind of front office, if you will, of, of businesses, but there's a whole other backing component to it as well that we haven't even touched on from a security and a compliance standpoint. And, you know, that, that may be a completely different conversation and to, and to be completely fair to these companies that, you know, from a, front end from a data collection on the website perspective, they may take a very lackluster, um, I don't know if that's the right word, but a very kind of lazy approach to privacy. Um, That doesn't mean that on the back end that they're not, Um, or it could mean they are, it could be reflective as, as the company as a whole. I actually have a buddy that works in InfoSec. Um, I wonder if, wonder if we should, draw this out one more week after our conversation with Jen, or maybe it's a, a different topic, but he would be fascinating to talk to um, because we're, again, we're kind of talking in the digital realm and his view is digital as a component of his larger view of the world when it comes to uh, data security for, for companies. He may be some someone that would be very interesting for us to, to chat with. Yeah. 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 Re- reach out to him. Let, let, let's, okay. let's get him on. Let's, let's talk about this component as well. Yeah, because that's the thing is a lot of times with these larger companies, a lot of this information is fragmented, or the 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 operations around this is fragmented. You have someone who manages the back end, someone who manages the front end compliance of it, yeah. and maybe very rarely they talk they they they, they they're they're not in in deep communication. So I would very love rarely. to have that conversation. Yeah. Cool. I will reach out to him right after this 
recording so I don't forget. Yeah, that'll be a good one to chat. Perfect. Cool. So yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up there then. We're going to talk about privacy. Um, We're going to continue this this topic next week, kind of focusing more on the the front end of things um, with... You know, I'm going to give a, a little teaser. I want to talk about like with, you know, and we touched on it a bit last week, but I want to dive really deep into it is, is all this focus around cookies and cookies being the threat to someone's privacy online mm-hmm. is, is that all a distraction? So this is some, something mm. for people to, to think about until next week's episode. Is that all of a distraction for a bigger potential privacy threat that, that that's out there? Great question. So, you know, and I, I, you know, I've talked to Jen offline about it, you know, about that topic. So I'm excited for, for that. Cool. Cool. All right. So quick one today. We'll continue next week and we'll wrap up at this point and catch everybody later. Sounds good. See All ya. right. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.